0: Plana Prod presents The Attic Monologues. Episode 24 The Shelves of Stone.
1: In a house of stories, everything is true. Every missed opportunity. Every possible decision, every person, every narrative that could have existed, did exist, will exist. Everyone ends up in the library eventually. The only question is whether they first walk in on two feet, or are delivered in ink. There is a story, in which you live a life of obscurity. Another where you achieve everything you ever dreamed. There are worlds in which your story is simpler. Or harder. Or never began at all. There is a story in which your little bird told you the truth the moment you met. Where she is the protagonist and you, the lowly lover. Where she is a lot more like the boy with wings who filled her head with stories of fire and blood when she was young. All because she has you and she is certain. This is not that world. You are no king of hearts, and she no queen of crows. This story is nothing so simple as vengeance. In this story, there are gods and monsters. There are villains and heroes, and an ever-blurring line between the two. Which side will you end up on, I wonder? Which side will she?
2: So, Crow said you wanted to talk?
3: Um, yes, I did. I do.
2: Well, talk then, protagonist. I'm due back at the library, and the books won't shelve themselves.
3: Won't they? It's a magical library.
2: It is. And magic is a fickle thing. Trust me, you wouldn't want it in charge of organisation. It might get ideas of its own.
3: Right. I really should have guessed it was magic. I read a whole monologue about it, like, a month ago. Oh. Who was it? Some guy named Matteo Ricci. A driven academic.
2: That could describe most... Of the people who frequent us. That could describe me. Or your Crow. Maybe you.
3: (laughs) I wish. As much as I love my subject, I'm not exactly... I'm bad at doing the work, you know? Right. Right. So, an infinite library?
2: An infinite library. Do you want to see it?
3: What? Now? Um, absolutely! Is it... How do we... Are we going through a portal? What did your monologue say? Uh, there were keys. A bookmark with weird language. Trinevi, I guess Ambrose called it? That written on it. Like this? Yeah. Except his wasn't silver and blue. It was red and gold.
2: Red and gold is for patrons. As a librarian, I'm afforded less garish means of entry.
3: Uh, I kind of like the red and gold aesthetic.
2: Well, there's no accounting for taste. Lucky for you, your bookmark will be red and gold.
3: I get a bookmark? Is it not like a super selective process? Don't I have to do, like, any tests, or prove why I deserve to be there?
2: Ryland, who do you think issues the bookmarks? That's right. Librarians. I can give one to anyone I like.
3: Can you make one for Bella? I don't want to leave her behind. She already has one. She... what? When
2: she asked to research the narrative, where do you think she got all those books?
3: Right, uh, that makes sense. She just didn't tell me about it. Tragic.
2: Unfortunately, we don't have time to bemoan your woeful communication skills. Are you coming or not?
3: Uh, yes, just... here?
2: Yes, I thought we'd vanish in broad daylight just for fun. No, Ryland. Down the alley. Come on. Watch closely.
3: Oh. It. It is real. Um. Wow. Did you not believe it before? I mean, I hadn't actually seen anything, and now it's just. there. Like, what the hell? There's a different door for that one. What? <laughs> After you. You know, I think actually it would be better if I followed I'll <sighs> warn a guy next time, won't you?
2: Welcome to the Shelves
3: of Stone. I wonder how you came up with the name.
2: The Shelves. are made of stone.
3: Yeah, no, I know. It's just. never mind.
2: Built outside of time, the library is not constructed to the physics of your world, it is infinite. And yet it guides you to where you need to go. Open to all who seek knowledge, so long as they respect its answers. You look uh, like you're having an emotional reaction.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's my first time in another dimension, you know? I'm not freaking out. Definitely. I'm having a totally normal reaction to an infinite library outside of time. Also, I wasn't expecting so many people. This place is packed.
2: That's usually what happens to public spaces. Did you expect it to be empty?
3: I mean, yeah. In the monologue, the library was like a ghost town. A grave. Just Mr. Ricci and like one librarian.
2: There's been a change in management since those days. Oh? Sounds like a story? Not a happy one. And not one that's mine to tell entirely. Ask Ambrose if you really want to know.
3: Oh. Yeah, I guess maybe I'll do that. You
2: can't avoid him forever. I'm not... I'm not avoiding him. Really?
3: Anyway, um, how long have you worked here? This is pretty cool.
2: I was born here. I've worked here as long as I could read. That sounds
3: healthy. We don't do that anymore. Okay. Change in management. Secret hidden backstory I have to ask Ambrose for. You're getting it. So, Athery, is there like a directory of librarians? Like a history of everyone who's worked here? No. Okay, well, do you know all the librarians who've worked here? I'm not particularly bothered to know. Uh, But like, if I described someone, you could tell me if you've seen them before? Hmm, maybe,
2: if I felt like it. A character from your monologue.
3: Uh, yeah. Go ahead, then. They were short, thin, in a spidery sort of way. Their hair was an explosion of black curls. Dark skin, dark clothes. Their arms were bare, revealing intricate tattoos and bright white ink. The longer I stared at them, the more I was sure the designs were moving. Does that sound familiar? Hmm.
2: It's been a long time since I've had black hair.
3: You... What? What? Athery, no offence, but this monologue happened in, like, the 1980s. You're not that old. You'd have to be at least 50 or something.
2: Time doesn't pass particularly well in the library. Or at all.
3: Time doesn't- Time
2: does what it wants here. Sometimes it runs like sand. Sometimes like water. Sometimes like ice. Sometimes it's faster than it should, sometimes slower. Almost never as it does in other places.
3: So you're like, ancient?
2: Physically, I'm about 28.
3: Okay, but like, how long have you been alive? Were you alive during World War II, the Renaissance? Oh my god, have you met Shakespeare?
2: I have no clue.
3: How could you have
2: no clue? Because your world is not important, in the grand scheme of things. We do not measure life here in the milestones of other worlds. There is the library, and the books, and the work. Everything else is secondary.
3: Then, how did you end up spending so much time in our world? How did you meet Ambrose?
2: Like I said, the library used to be very different.
3: That's so not an answer.
2: It's all you're getting.
3: Fine. Can I see your cool tattoos then? They sound sick.
2: (sighs) Will it make you shut up?
3: Totally quiet as a mouse, who's accidentally gotten into the tequila and gotten mouse drunk and is dozing in the skirting board. Right. Whoa. They really do move. Do they mean something? Everything
2: means something. Okay. What do they mean? What happened to you keeping quiet? That's for another day. I'm not explaining multiple magic systems to you when you've only known this world for a week.
3: Oh, really? I can totally handle it. I promise.
2: Absolutely not. Ask again when you're older. Not five seconds older, not ten minutes older. At least six months. Wrap your head around the narrative and the city. No fun. Come on.
3: Where are we going? Come on, R3, please. Aren't you supposed to be answering all my questions? Revealing the secrets of the universe? I'll be good, I promise. Here we are. What do you mean? Where are we? Athree, what are these books? Why are these titles just names?
2: They're narratives. They're protagonists. I thought that was what you might be here for. All the narratives the author writes just appear on these shelves.
3: All of these? Is...
2: Is mine here? Not yet. But it will be. One day, when the story is... done. They're... beautiful. (laughs) Books these days aren't made half as well as they used to be.
3: So many names, Tolley, Blackwell, Kumar, Sato, Hawkins, I recognize some of these, they were monologues, but they look shorter than the rest. Those are
2: unfinished. For the last couple of decades, every narrative that arrives here has been unfinished.
3: No one knows why. What happens to the unfinished? Am I going to be? What happens if the story doesn't end? I don't know. It might just
2: have been the author testing the limits of their power, putting protagonists in monologues before the narrative can truly begin. Uh, Who can say? Why not me, then? something about this one is different something about you
3: they simply can't resist my alluring charm the story's just so good they gotta know how it ends (laughs) maybe there's a book missing from this shelf is there i'll have to uh, check that
2: later after you leave if you didn't want to see these, what are you interested in, uh, We have Shakespeare. You like
3: Shakespeare, right? Um, yes. Of course. Wait, when you say you have Shakespeare, you don't mean, like, the actual guy, right?
2: He's been dead for 400 years.
3: OK, OK, just checking. I don't know, you say time doesn't work here, then you say you have Shakespeare. Don't blame me for covering all the bases. Hmm.
2: Well, uh, let me show you... Athry! A moment. As you can see, I'm busy. And it's Librarian Dane to you.
1: Ooh, Librarian Dane. Just a moment. I was looking for texts on the history of the Corvidae.
2: They'll be where they always are.
1: Use the catalogue. It's so much quicker to ask the person with all the answers for knowledge, don't you think? Oh, and who's this? A new recruit?
2: I'm just leaving. A new reader. On a tour.
1: I didn't know you did tours, Librarian Dane. This one must be special.
2: They're not. Books on the Corviday are Eastern T785.
1: Ah, thank you. What would we do without you, Librarian Dane?
3: We're leaving. What's the Corviday? I read a monologue that mentioned it recently, And, and who was that- Rule
2: one, protagonist. Don't tell anyone you're the protagonist.
3: I wasn't going to- Rule
2: two, pretend you know what you're doing. You people don't just wander in anymore. Show your ignorance and people will take notice.
3: Why is that a bad thing? If they can help... No
2: one is going to want to help you now, Ryland. Not from the goodness of their own heart. You're not a person anymore. You're a concept. A symbol. You're a sign that something is changing in your world. There are people who would do anything to control that. And there are even more who would do anything to destroy it. The narrative hasn't been finished in years, and the author hasn't been heard from in decades.
3: And now, you. I get it. Being the protagonist is a shit show. Believe me, I do not need to be told again. So which one are you? What? You said no one would help me out of the goodness of their own heart. But you're here, helping me. So are you trying to control me, or destroy me?
2: I'm neither. I'm not helping you because you're the protagonist. I'm helping you because Ambrose asked me to.
3: Then which one is he?
2: You should ask him that.
3: I don't know if I do could... have.
2: Very few allies in this world. You are new here, and you understand nothing. Like it or not, my husband has only ever tried to protect the people he loves. He came when you called, he did as you asked. He can teach you more than I ever could.
3: Because he's so book smart? Because he's just that great a guy? What exactly makes him so special, Athri?
2: Because he's... Because he was one of the last protagonists, the narrative missing from that shelf is his.
0: Thank you so much for listening to The Attic Monologues. If you're enjoying our show, please consider supporting us through our Patreon or Ko-Fi to help us compensate the hard work our team puts into every episode. You can find the links in the show notes below. Alternately, you can leave us a review, whisper to the wind, or tell enemies and love interests and friends alike to listen. This episode was written by Morgan Greensmith and produced by Morgan Greensmith, L.M. Clohesy, and Soren Briarwood. It was directed and script edited by L.M. Clohessy. The sound design is by Isaac Thompson, and the theme tune was composed by Wilkie Morrison. In this episode, you had the voices of
3: Atlas Morgan as Nick Ryland, Kaz
0: Gidman as Athri Dane,
1: Alastair Stewart as the author.
0: The logo was designed by Soren Brightwood. The social media is also run by Soren Brightwood. You can find us on Twitter at Attic Monologues and on Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, and TikTok at The Attic Monologues. For more information on our show, our crew, our policies, and other shows made by our people, visit our website www.planaprod.com. Episode 25, Welcome to Trinavantum, will be out on Wednesday, October 25th. See you then.
2: You'll want to start with the basics, of course.
3: I think these three. A scholar's guide to the narrative. Titles from the firmament on narrative rules and interactions of character. Delusions of grandeur, the narrative re-examined? Hathry, I'm not sure about all this.
2: Like I said, just the basics. Then you'll want these for more in-depth reading.
3: You do remember me saying I'm not good at the whole work thing, right? Is there not a way for me to just, like, absorb all the knowledge magically? I'm barely passing my degree and you give me homework.
2: Which is more important, Shakespeare or survival?
3: Debatable, really. (sighs) You know, this isn't what I had in mind when I said I wanted a training montage. Can't I just study the blade? Not
2: from me, you can't.
3: Could you point me in the direction of someone who can? No offense to your books, of course. But I really feel like, as a protagonist, I need a sword. Otherwise, what's the point?
2: I think you need more books. (sighs)
3: <sighs> Soldier, Poet, King. On archetypes and their subversion? Isn't that a song?
2: Everything starts somewhere.
3: Which way round?
2: Wouldn't you like to know? Read a few thousand pages and you might even find an answer.
3: A few thousands?
2: No. Of course you're right. A few million is much more logical.
0: Today's episode features a trailer for The Weird Side, a paranormal podcast following two investigators and the legends and folklore that you're looking for. With spooky vibes perfect for the autumn period, we know fans of The Attic Monologues will love this show. So without further ado, The Weird Side. Welcome to The Weird Side. Who? The Weird Side, with a Y. We investigate
2: local folklore.
1: Albert was just about to tell us a story. There are tales of
0: folks disappearing into thin air around here.
2: Generally, prophetic dreams aren't admissible evidence.
1: But they make for great stories. That they do. What we have here is an attempt at communication.
2: You're saying this phone is haunted?
1: I'm... well, I'm still working on the theory. But I know there's more to find out there. I'm Maiden Summers.
2: And I'm Catherine Moore. Join us as we investigate the paranormal side of the British Isles. Let's step out of the studio and into the wild.